Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast channel that puts members on mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. Featured in this session, Take Control of Your Career, is Mark Torrey, Global Sales Director for Select Leaders. What I'm here to talk about is um, take control of your career, yes, but just the overall state of what we refer to as the employment cycle and the current job market and you know how that affects you, whether you're uh, a hiring manager or somebody who's maybe looking for their next opportunity. So, so quarterly, we do something called the uh, job barometer. Um, the timing was great because we just wrapped up our Q3 2017 job barometer. And what that is, it's an, it's an in-depth assessment of uh, the current commercial real estate job market. So we look at our network of websites, we look at outside sites, um, and, we, and we analyze what we're seeing. Where are the trends, where's the growth, um, that kind of stuff. And uh, the takeaways, two of the main takeaways for this, uh, this time around, this Q3, were want to predict the next real estate correction well when more than a quarter of all commercial real estate job openings are in property and asset management and then acquisitions and development decline to less than 10% of all real estate jobs it's a sign obviously that the foot is come off the gas pedal um, and then our leader our chief economist uh, economist is a is a man by the name of Dr. David Funk he's the former uh, Cornell real estate program uh, head of the Cornell Real Estate Program, currently at Roosevelt University. Um, his, his quote is, uh, real estate asset prices have surpassed their 2007 highs, and employers are pulling back on growth-oriented hiring. So that means like that real volume hiring, um, and instead building out their property and asset management capacity. A couple of things we look at, um, and then the next slide is going to sort of bring it all together. But we look at, um, you know, what stage are we at in the employment cycle? Um, we think about where we at. We've uh, we've had a lot of years of growth, um, so we're we're past that growth and boom stage. We're more into the uh, cautious optimism, teetering on a on a correction kind of stage as far as uh, as where the market stage is within the employment cycle. Um, and then the other thing to look at is the uh, the mindsets of employers. Um, some of the mindsets to consider are HR manager. Um, you know, HR professionals have a, have a lot of responsibilities, not just recruiting. Um, you know, they tend to focus on recruiting more in different markets. Um, poacher, the last one here, which is one that I think that's, uh, we're in a time of poaching um, because it's definitely a candidate market um, where there's a lot of growth and companies are hiring, but job seekers are very passive, so they're not very actively looking for jobs. So recruiters are really having to, uh, to poach or headhunt or recruit, essentially. Um, but bring these all together, and here's a little graph kind of where we are in the cycle. Again, unemployment's at its lowest since 2006, uh, yet there is still growth. Um, corporate real estate, real estate and accounting and property management opportunities have peaked as a percentage of overall jobs, and that tends to defi define this cautious optimism stage. 
Um, and then employers and candidates share an attitude of hunkering down and managing their existing jobs uh, and existing portfolio to maximize value. Um, so again, we see that sort of passive approach uh, with employers and candidates. This is a statistic I find particularly interesting. Uh, what it is is it's job clicks per application. So um, we'll break it out. In 2006, uh, what we saw, uh, you know, think back to 2006. You know, this is pre-crash and things were things were booming. And um, what we saw was nearly 50 professionals would view a job for every one application. So that's you know, I've been with select leaders 12 plus years. That's that is the, the, the largest ratio um, that I've seen in my tenure, 50 to 1. Uh, currently, we're at 30 to 1, so, so very similar. It takes a lot of views, a lot of looks. Maybe you save the job, maybe you come back. Um, just a very passive kind of approach to uh, applications in this current market. In 2013, when we were again in a, in a recovery, boom, growth kind of mode, um, people were applying for every 10 views. So it would only take 10 looks at a job and someone would apply uh, that quickly. But what we have is, uh, well, the talent pipeline, if some of you were here for the, for the, the two sessions prior to this, um, I think we're doing a lot to help the pipeline of talent into corporate real estate specifically, but um, let's admit it that uh, it's not large, and we've also experienced growth over the past seven years. Uh, so the demand supply gap is, is good news for job seekers, right? Because there are jobs. Um, so if you're looking, there is, there is opportunity. Um, but what it does is it creates a war for talent among employers. This next graph shows us uh, job opportunities by state. So keep. Keep in mind, this is by state, so a lot, a lot of our states that are topping here are states with multiple large metro areas, so California with you know, San Francisco, Orange County, LA, um, New York. Uh, that happened a while back um, for us where opportunities in California as a whole surpassed opportunities in New York as a whole. Um, but the takeaways here really are that we see some, some markets that are really growing as far as how many real estate opportunities there are. Um, a big one to note is Texas within the last couple of years. Um, again, that's a state where you have multiple metro areas with opportunities, San Antonio, Austin, Houston, uh, Dallas, uh, to name a few. Um, Florida is also um, growing and poised to pass Illinois for the, uh, for the fourth spot. Um, it comes up a little bit later in the slide, but uh, you know, worth pointing out, this is, again, this is states, you know, I, I spend a lot of time in Seattle, live in Portland, and, uh, you know, anyone do the fun run this morning, little jog? No. Um, one of the people on that pointed out, they, they mentioned that Seattle uh, claims they have the, the most cranes of any city. Um, so, obviously, development's alive and well. I see you shaking your head, and I kind of thought, well, we got a lot of cranes in Portland, too, and I've, I'm sure San Francisco has a lot of cranes, too. So, um, but point was, I think a lot of cities are laying claim to that. So there's, there's opportunity and there's a lot of development going on in, in cities like, like the ones I just mentioned. Also, uh, again, it comes up later, I think, um, you know, Minnesota. Definitely there's, there's growth happening outside of these 
these top 10 states here uh, and, city, and other cities specifically. Um, this is another interesting one, okay? So if, if you're looking, um, if you happen to be in the market, you know, I think we're all kind of always looking a little bit, right? Or at least we like to know what, what the opportunities are that are out there. Um, mismatches in opportunities, uh, essentially your competition. So um, in the middle, you'll see uh, acquisitions, right? So acquisitions tends to be kind of the, the sexy side of the business that everybody wants to be in when you look at commercial real estate as a whole. And so the percentage of applications, which is the orange bar versus the blue bar, which is the percentage of actual opportunities, um, what that says with the orange being so far above the opportunities is that those are really popular jobs. So anytime a job and acquisitions gets posted, you know, a lot of people are applying for it and it's a very competitive to, to get that job. Um, same thing with asset management. Um, we actually do see that, that they're, they're closely tied. A lot of acquisitions professionals will move into the asset management um, area. But what's important to look at here, too, is where are the opportunities? Um, the property management bar, which is the first one, um, very, very high amount of opportunities, right? That orange bar goes halfway up, so it's, it's not as competitive. Um, same thing with project management uh, facilities and, and all... All the jobs that we that we analyze are pretty much management level positions, um, except for when it comes to investing. We we do look at a lot of analysts and associate type jobs. But when you see things like um, facilities and engineer, these are really these are really management uh, level type positions that we're talking about here. So a little look at kind of you know what's popular and where some opportunities might be. Similar, going along the same lines here, we have, um, you know, again, this is just Q3, but this has been pretty much this year. Um, and I would say that this year is, is pretty reflective on last year as well. Um, so 2016, 2017, um, pretty similar as far as what we've seen in, in areas of growth. Um, but what I wanted to point out here was that this corporate sector, uh, so this is really, rather than job titles, this really has to do more with more with sectors, um, but there's definite opportunity if you're looking um, in the corporate sector, and then I think that architectural and design um, piece is, is closely related as well, uh, but just wanted to point that out that sector-wise, you know, there's a lot of opportunity in the corporate real estate sector. Sure, yeah. Yes. Pardon? Insurance and risk, yeah, it's it's um you know it makes it makes the list if we see a certain volume of of positions in that sector, right? So uh, if the if there wasn't a certain amount of posts, it probably wouldn't have made the list. You know we get, you know we get uh, architectural is up there, so it's a bad that's a bad one. Um, but you know we get a little bit of everything. So I think it was just something that we were seeing enough of that that it made the list there. All right, so what does the, the current job market mean to you? Kind of get into the, to the meat of this. You know, that was, that was our assessment, you know, our, our employment cycle um, assessment there. But what does it mean to you? Um, you know, the market is strong. We have a robust economy, and company, companies are hiring. So that's great. Um, it's what we'd call a candidate market, much like a buyer's market in residential real estate. Um, 
It's a candidate market, meaning candidates are, are in the driver's seat. Uh, qualified candidates, right? Um, unemployment, again, is at an all-time low, so most candidates are passive. They're, a lot of candidates are gainfully employed, kind of looking around. Um, but some of the things specific to corporate real estate is that we do see corporate real estate does lack a pipeline into the industry. Um, two sessions ago here, they were talking about the uh, University of Washington program, which I think John said was you know, one of the first commercial or corporate real estate specific programs in the country. Um, and Do Dr. Funk definitely mentioned that there's a, there is a lack of programs for sure and even courses um, in, in real estate school. So not a lot of people coming out of school thinking about corporate real estate. Um, or, or there could be more. There's definite room for improvement there. Um, but I, I think that's a hot topic here, and that's something that everybody's working on is building that pipeline. Um, but still, uh, not a huge pipeline. Um, again, the recipe makes us a war for talent, um, which means that that's between industries, but also between sectors. So recruiters looking outside of the corp corporate real estate sector um, for people to come in to, to our sector. Uh, and all this is magnified within this corporate real estate sector. Uh, so some of the other trends that we're seeing is we looked at, we looked at some of those trends about percentage of applications to jobs. Um, that was across commercial real estate jobs as a whole. That is magnified when it comes to corporate real estate. Um, there's pros and cons to that, but one thing that it means is that if you're a qualified corporate real estate professional, um, your resume, your accomplishments, um, you should stand out even more. So um, you've probably all been on LinkedIn, right? One of the things I like about LinkedIn is when you look at a job, it says you know you would be in the top 15% of applicants if you applied to this job, right? So you could pretty much apply that. We don't do that, but with a lot of statistics that we get, you could. Um, you could pretty much say that, you know, if you're qualified, uh, you know, you're going to be in the top 15%, right? Just the way things shake out with the corporate real estate sector. Um, asset management, just a, you know, kind of a side note. Um, it's typically been a good place to, uh, to source candidates from other sectors into corporate real estate. Um, one thing that that we've noticed, and I'm sure some of the Cornet Global specifically representatives could, could talk more on this, but one of the things that we've noticed is that um, when in corporate real estate, uh, rather than being like a strict numbers person in asset management, um, you definitely need to be more of, a, more of a people person and maybe have more of that broker acquisitions type personality so that you can deal with vendors and um, just much more people person kind of you know and and hopefully we all can can appreciate that i think that's you know one of the one of the highlights of the sector um another area we we've seen growth is adversary um or advisory services uh we have a client Heinz who's handling all of uh facebook and amazon's facilities management and um we're seeing a lot of that uh Obviously, and then down, uh, you know, down the San Francisco area, a lot of CBRE is managing a lot of Google. So that, that's an area that's seen growth in the last, you know, five plus years. Um, is just advisory services in general. So um, you know, you may be managing Facebook or Amazon facility, um, but you know, Heinz is is the name on your paycheck. Uh, 
compensation. I find this topic very interesting. Um, it's it's got a lot to do with what's going on uh, and, and the passiveness of the candidate market right now. Um, salary, obviously, it's a main driver for job seekers. Um, they remain passive as compensations have remained fairly stagnant. Um, Payscale uh, recently came out with an article. It said wages haven't kept pace with gains in productivity as economics says they should and that a greater amount of income is being earned through the use of capital. In other words, investors are winning out over their workers. Um, another interesting point is just, uh, you know, as more and more states enact the uh, salary history ban, so they can't ask you about your salary, um, you know, how, how, will, how will that play out? Um, you know, I think the short answer is, you know, tell, tell them about your salary. You know, don't, don't wait to be asked about it. There's nothing that says you can't tell them what your requirements are um, or what you were previously making or what you think you're work, uh, worth. And then here's the, the bullet point that I mentioned earlier, um, some silver lining. So DICE, which is essentially us for the technology industry, um, recently came out with an article, says that tech comps are, are rising, surprise, surprise. Um, but what I find interesting is they're rising uh, specifically in areas such as San Francisco, Seattle, St. Louis, Portland, Phoenix, Charlotte, Orlando, Denver, and New York. Um, so while this is not anything new to hear about tech salaries rising, um, and it's important to note that they've seen a 13% increase in salary over the last decade, while other industries have seen 0.5%. Um, so pretty, pretty drastic. Um, you know, it's pretty drastic. So we, what, what we hope this means is that uh, real estate will follow as tech certainly affects the corporate real estate sector for sure. So when it comes to finding your next job, right, some, a little bit of a shameless plug here, right, but these are the different associations that we, that we power. Um, you know, I'm obviously partial to our site. You know, the nice thing about using a niche site is, uh, you know, you're, you're with like-minded individuals. You know, you're looking at jobs that are relevant. You know, it's less time kind of weeding through things that, that are not relevant. Um, we don't have so many jobs that, you know, it's, you know, it's hard to find what you're looking for. I mean, it's, it's pretty, much, pretty much there no matter how active you are. Um, it also gives you kind of a got ahead here, also gives you kind of a, you know, a sense of what's going on with the market if you were to just visit the site and see the new jobs on a regular basis. Um, so I'm obviously an, an advocate of niche job sites, but also general boards. Um, there's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of what we call aggregators out there. LinkedIn aggregates now. Indeed was kind of the big one for a while. Um, you know, what those sites are doing is in the night, they're going to corporate sites. You know, some corporate sites are, you know, people want to work there. They don't, they don't need to pay to advertise on outside sources, right? So these aggregators come to them, they scrape the jobs, they put them on their site. Um, so you can use those sites as kind of a one-stop shop to, to really to see who's hiring and then create what we call job alerts or, a, you know, a save a job criteria email and then be one of the first ones to know about a job opening when it opens up. Okay, all right. So his question is, how do you narrow down what they show you? And it's a great question. Um, each site do, does it differently, right? I think LinkedIn's done a pretty good job on the left side of giving you some filters to refine things. Um, 
some cases, if they don't give you a lot of filters, what you need to know is Boolean, right? So Boolean is, is basically putting things in quotations. Um, so if you were looking for corporate real estate, um, what did you say, manager or director, yeah. So you would want to put that all in quotations. Um, if you didn't, you'd get jobs with corporate up here and real up here and, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, that's one trick. But really, uh, you know, check out Boolean because if they're not, uh, what most sites have done is they, they really kind of dumbed down the Boolean so that you don't need to know Boolean language to do it. Um, but once you find that, you don't want to come back two days later and start hunting and pecking all over again. So that's where, that's where the job alerts really come in. You save it. Um, you get it daily, get it weekly. Um, you know, you don't always have to look at it. So sometimes it's nice to get it daily because something might catch your eye. Um, but important thing to note, so once you've got your job alerts set up, um, I, read a, I read a statistic uh, just last week. Um, I, think it was the, I think it was something that the Ladders put out. Um, that's a site that's based off of jobs that Originally, it was based off of jobs that were six figures and above. I think they're, they're a little bit different now, um, but that's how they originally got started. But they had some very interesting statistics where, um, well, anybody want to guess what the best day of the week would be to apply to a job listing? Any guesses? When? Right, he's right. Monday. So Monday and, Monday and Tuesday are the top two days by far. And if you apply between, say, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. on a Monday or a Tuesday, you are 50% at least more likely to get a callback. Um, so I, I thought that was really interesting. Right? A lot of, you know, again, most, most of us are passively job seeking. We come in and we have work to do, right? We're not necessarily firing up the computer and looking at jobs on, uh, on Monday morning. But if you have your job agents and, and something, something strikes your eye, Something to keep in mind, um, you know, maybe save it for Tuesday morning, right? Um, but that's, that's another thing that we see a lot is just in general, people kind of take their time when it comes to applying for jobs. You know, it's a, it's a big decision. You don't necessarily just, ooh, that looks nice. I'm, I'm going to, you know, throw my hat in the ring. Um, but mornings, Monday and Tuesday, those are the best times, uh, you know, for odds for getting a call back. Um, Cater your resume to each individual job that you apply for. You know, people have been saying that for years, but it's you know, it's it's really important. You really kind of want to mirror what the what the job description says. You want to take some of those keywords. You want to you know, if, if they apply, right? You want to put them in into your um, into your actual resume. Um, if you haven't updated your resume in a while, it's a good investment to pay somebody to help you update it. Um, a lot of companies or individuals that are doing that these days will also uh, provide you a, a LinkedIn profile, which is which is something I would highly recommend as well. Um, you know, LinkedIn, in addition to your resume, is kind of like a first impression for recruiters. So it's important that that's professionally written. Um, and then work with recruiters. If any recruiters, if you're looking and recruiters reach out to you, um, you know, you don't, you don't have a whole lot to lose working with a recruiter. You know, they're working for you. If you're not a fit, they're probably not going to spend a whole lot of time with you. If you are a fit, then, you know, it's somebody who's going to advocate on your, on your behalf. So, um, you know, take, take recruiter calls if you are actively looking. Um, I think we went backwards there. There we go. Okay, so I'll leave this up here just for a second. The next slide's about uh, something I find fascinating just with the current job market and 
you know, just where we are in business is, um, is the difference between the generations that we have in the workforce right now. Um, I, d I don't know. Was there, was there a, a breakout session that was specifically on that here? I don't think I saw one, but that would be an because you could spend 20 minutes definitely talking about that, um, which reminds me. Yep, okay. So, we'll, we'll, uh, so we're looking for someone with the wisdom of a 50-year-old, the experience of a 40-year-old, and the drive of a 30-year-old, and the pay scale of a 20-year-old. So what we're dealing with, obviously, is we have boomers, right? They're at the top of their careers, nearing retirement. Um, you know, my recommendation to boomers is adapt to technology, um, pr continuing, uh, continuing education, right? Certifications, like the, like the previous talk. You know, stuff like if you're out of work, you know, doing stuff like that to continue, you know, to, to pr update your resume um, and show that you're continuing to grow. Um, and then also just be an active member on the local level and national level with an association like Cornet. Um, that's huge. Uh, generation X, which is my generation, um, you know, we're now the smallest percentage of the U.S. workforce. Um, management opportunities are, are limited uh, due to longer than expected tenures of the baby boomers. Um, and then much like our adaptation of technology, um, we're having to adapt to the needs of millennials who now make up the largest share of the workforce. Um, so it's important not to forget about the Generation Xers, right? I'm partial to that. Um, millennials, uh, they are now the largest generation in the U.S. labor force, and they are driving the way business gets done, right? So they crave purpose, collaborative work environments, and they want coaches, not bosses. Um, I did see there were quite a few breakout sessions just around you know, workplace design and offices, and, and, and a lot of that has to do with um, millennials. How do we keep them happy? How do we make them productive? You know, again, they're the largest part of the current workforce. And then we have this Generation Z, or iGen, which is now entering the workforce, and they're surprisingly quite different than um, millennials. Um, they say they crave money and advancement, and they're competitive, right? So it's different talk than you hear about the millennials. Um, I think it's kind of refreshing, but you know, they, they both have their pros and cons, right? Um, so, you know, that is, again, we could go on f about that for 20 minutes. I think the compensation thing, the different generations in the workforce, uh, all these things are at play, sort of making up, you know, what the job market is like right now. Um, I'll go fast, because, you know, this ha I'm getting close to the end here, but um, advice for job seekers, okay? Look for a job while you have one, if possible. If only just because then you can be a little more selective, right? If you're out of the job and you're looking, you know, then you're looking. Um, it's, it's not a bad thing, but, um, you know, make yourself a fit for the job by tweaking your resume. That's important because a lot of the time it's a form of AI or software that's going to see your resume first. It's going to match the keywords, and then you're going to get that chance to, to get human eyeballs on your resume. Um, Always follow the application instructions. Sometimes that easy LinkedIn apply is really tempting to do. It's not always the best way. You might go to uh, the corporate careers page, and you can do a cover letter there and this or that. You know, it's different. So, so you know, you could do both. Um, but I, I, I think, you know, check that corporate page before you just quickly use that quick LinkedIn apply. Um, you know, try to relax during the interview process. Remember, it's a, it's a two-way street. Stay positive. Do your research. Be punctual. Um, and then practice. For hiring managers, um, obviously it's, it's costly to make a bad hire. Um, studies have shown that that's one of the highest costs 
um, in a company is, you know, hiring and firing or, you know, bad hiring decisions. Um, the job description, much like the resume, is their first impression. So it should actually mirror what their ideal resume should look like. Um, I like this one too. Don't assume that experienced workers applying to your jobs are too expensive. You may be surprised. We saw a lot of this in, um, you know, post downturn when a lot of mid to senior level people lost their jobs and were re-entering the workforce. Um, you know, technically it's age discrimination, but what I, I urge recruiters and hiring managers to pick up the phone. You know, get a little background, get a little story behind. Um, you know, why they're applying to that job. Don't just assume that you can't afford them because they have a lot of experience. Uh, promote the advancement of Generation X or else we're going to lose them to other industries. And then take a page from the millennials. Um, describe what makes your organization different. What are your core values and purpose? Um, and then just, just an overview, right? Very exciting times. Um, it's a, again, it's a very unique job market. We got a lot of growth out there. Think about Amazon, Airbnb, Tesla, um, Uber, right? So, so companies that, that are really growing, these places, they need offices, retail space, showrooms, facilities. Um, no, no sector is affected more by this than the corporate real estate sector. Um, but at the same time, uh, there was an article on Cornet just a few weeks ago where Renee Buck, CEO of Buck Consultants, coined the phrase uh, VUCA, volatility. You know, we're living in a climate of volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. Um, and, I, and I think that's true. This, this kind of environment makes people stay in positions longer. Um, so lastly, just to close out, um, I think what the rebound and the employment cycle is going to be, going to be, because, you know, again, uh, back to the, it, we were in this sort of period of cautious optimism towards a correction. You know, eventually we're going we're gonna to rebound. Um, and what's going to lead that really is going to be the shift in compensation, right? So compensation growth. Uh, entry of that younger generation into the workforce, the succession of baby boomers, and also the advancement of uh, Generation X into roles that need to be filled as a result. So again, really exciting times. I think it's a great time for corporate real estate. There's a lot of opportunities out there, and if you've got experience, you're, you know, you're going to be in that top 10% of, of applicants. So if you are looking, best of luck to everybody, and thank you. Hope you enjoyed this. Don't forget to visit the Career Center. Thanks. This concludes the Cornet Global Podcast on Take Control of Your Career. Want to record a What's Next podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.